Libya's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid, where we're probably going to say happy birthday to Sebastian Vettel at some point, but not until after we've discussed his slap on the wrist from the FIA this fine, fine Monday evening. I am Tom King, one of your usual hosts, and joined by Chris Evans. Hello. But not but just me. Greenwood. Yeah, the other one's gone holly bobs, hasn't he? Yeah, again. Living a life of luxury. Yeah, I'm, I don't share the record of being the bad guy anymore now. Stu's officially missed more episodes than me, so... Yeah. <laughs> he's the slacker now. He's with us in spirit, because he, is, he, keeps, yeah. he keeps typing in the Google Doc that he's we probably use to keep our notes. types more in this document than he says in the normal episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's typed a fair bit, so we do have some Stu opinions for you. So he will still be here <laughs> in spirit, which we'll read as we get to them. Um, but yeah, I suppose the biggest news uh, going into what will be the Austrian Grand Prix, um, or still kind of maybe a little bit the aftermath of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, is that the FIA, upon further investigating the incident between Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton, have decided to take no further action. Opinions, Chris? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it sort of is what it is, isn't it? If Above all else, yeah. I'm just glad it's over, to be honest. Me too. I'm kind of a bit tired of seeing it on I'm really every single website and everything I go on. It's just it's either Vettel fans saying one or Ferrari fans saying one thing, and Hamilton and Mercedes fans saying the exact opposite. And yeah. it's just there's very few people in the middle with the common sense of look, can we just get past it and just carry on and wait to see what the FIA say for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I've still seen people to this day swearing that Hamilton brake tested him despite the fact that there's no evidence for it yeah. I, you know and the same time you can read people saying that Vettel should be you know banned from the sport forever because he basically tried to kill him and it's like come on guys yeah it's people taking extremes on both sides in bias yeah and you know I mean and you have to say that the media hasn't helped but the British media Definitely in particular not. actually I mean if you look at like Sky F1, BBC F1, uh, Channel 4, I guess, slightly less so. But, like, I saw a clip of, I think it was Sky were at um, <clears throat> Goodwood over the weekend. Uh, and there was a clip they tweeted out of one of them interviewing uh, Rob, Rob Kubica, who'd just done a run up the hill in the, one of the Renault <laughs> F1 cars. And they, you know, not asking him, you know, hey, how's the arm going? How's it being back in Formula 1 car? No, they asked him what he thought of Vettel yeah. and Hamilton. Like... Really, guys? Is that all we're going to talk about? Anyone that was anything to do with F1 at Goodwood got asked about it, though. By yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was a little ridiculous. Um, generally, the I'm I'm just going to skim a couple of things from the the little document that the FIA have released this evening. Uh, if you want to see it in full, we have tweeted it, so check out our Twitter, or it's also on Facebook, so check either if you want to see the full thing. But basically, there's a bit here which... This paragraph, I think, is probably the key bit of it all, but it says, Sebastian Vettel extended his sincere apologies to the FIA and the wider motorsport family. He's additionally committed to devote personal time over the next uh, next 12 months to educational activities across a variety of FIA championships and events, including Formula 2, Formula 3 Europe, and Formula 4. Um, uh, and they will be defined by stu- uh, a steward's seminar, 
Um, due to this incident, President John Todd has instructed that no road safety activities should be endorsed by Sebastian Vettel until at least the end of this year. Um, and then they're just basically saying that because of his apology and his and Ferrari's commitment kind of sort of at least admit that he was in the wrong, they're not going to take any further action on what was done. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like, Jean Tard has never, re- like, not at all meddled in the sporting side of things like Max Mosley did, but he's mm. basically built his presidency on road safety campaigns. So to have, you know, your four-time world champion having road rage just goes against all of that. I think that's honestly yeah. the only reason he's taken this as far as it has, to be honest. Yeah, um... I don't want to say I wanted to see more from them, but I think maybe as part of this being a little bit of a slap on the wrist, like you're going to have to do these things and get away from these things, like it'd affect him, but maybe just like a fine or something, just to appease people and think that he's definitely been punished in some way. again, people know that a fine means absolutely nothing to these guys, don't they? I know. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's from one extreme to the other of sort of seeing, oh, there's he did nothing wrong and and stuff to literally people like Stu <gasps> saying yeah. that he should have been getting a black flag. Um, yeah, would, I mean, would you like to read Stu's opinion on this matter? Or? Yeah, sure. Um, he said, all a bit pointless, really, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, yep. FYF show himself to be a little bit toothless on Vettel once more. Seems like every time he's a bit naughty, he gets told to apologise like a spoiled kid, which is, you know, he's fair, I think. Um, after him, Effin and Jeff in uh, <clears throat> Charlie in Mexico last yeah. year. Uh, one wonders what the outcome would have been if it had been Lewis ramming Vettel or even Kvyat hitting Vettel uh, the sad thing is none of the other guys in the grid are that hot headed so would never get themselves in that situation in the first place uh, my preferred ruling would have been for him to have been excluded from the race as I felt his actions were worthy of a black flag which there's yeah the argument is there for it um, it's, it's a weird I, one as well because a lot of people were comparing it to Schumacher on Villeneuve back in 97 where he was excluded from the championship for that move in the race. Yeah. Um, um, but it wasn't really... It wasn't a full-speed racing incident going into a corner, which I I suppose is maybe the difference where yeah. there's some leniency being showed towards Vettel because of the scenario it's occurred in. Whether it's still dangerous or not, it's, it is slightly different. So those calling for the black flag... Stu included, I suppose, yeah. but those those calling for that side of it, I think black flag maybe, but the the ones calling for disqualifying from the championship, like Schumacher, Schumacher did the same thing. You've got to take context into it all. It's yeah, of course, and you know, context driven. Just saying that's how it was. However many years ago doesn't mean that's how it should be now. I mean, I've seen people comparing it to um, a kid called Dan <laughs> Tictum. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, he's actually part of the Red Bull Junior team now. Yeah, but when he was in. Um, MSA Formula 2015 he mm. at Silverstone I think he, he tangled with someone and ended up getting knocked to the back um, and under a safety car he overtook 20 cars to catch up the guy who'd taken him out and ram into him and take him out of the race wow. like that's a slightly different situation yeah um, and yeah he got a, a two year ban from motorsports like which, I mean, is, yeah. which is deserving for that I'd say so yeah 
If, but I'd say he's, he's to be honest, he's lucky. It's only a two-year ban, yeah. in my opinion, for something like that. He's lucky. Like it's that. not a lifetime ban, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that he's a Red Bull Junior now and he's uh, racing in uh, Formula Renault, he's mm. been quite lucky there. Yeah, definitely. And it, it goes back to as well. I've seen a lot of people try and compare it all to Senna Prost, like kind of the, the both the incidents at Suzuka, the one in the final chicane and the one in the first corner. Yeah, and it's like. Again, it's it's a different era with different rules, and no, when people are when we're getting on Vettel's case saying a world champion sh- should behave better, people are saying, well, nobody's saying that about Senna. Everyone says Senna's a great driver, and I think you've got to think about the context again because yes, Senna was a great driver, and so is Sebastian Vettel. But in those in that moment where Senna took off Prost, he was childish and stupid. And Ron Dennis said those words to him, and yeah. I believe the quote was something like, um, I can't remember it word for word, but something along the lines of kind of champions, uh, no, sorry, professionals do things um, because they think it's right, amateurs do things just because they want to, and that's kind of the bit yeah. that Senna kind of realised what he was doing wrong. And, um, and you can make... But the Prost, the Prost thing kind of blocking him off and and hitting him in in the corner the year before it's hmm i mean and you can make the same argument about schumacher like he's mm. undoubtedly one of the greatest drivers of all time but he had loads of instances where he went beyond the line even hamilton you can make the same argument stuff hamilton's yeah. done in the past and i don't know and it's just one of those things nobody's taken away from the the discussion his skill in it and nobody's saying he's better or worse than any of these people who have done things in the past. What we're saying is the fact that, you know, we expect people in their position to just behave a little bit better than yeah, that. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think that's it, really. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much. Neither do I. Like I say, above all, I'm just glad there's a line drawn under it now. Yeah. And fingers I'm also, crossed. And I'm also glad that. You know whether you agree with the actual decision or not, you've got to be glad that it's not going any further. Just because it means we don't have to have this hanging over the championship, yeah. because they wouldn't have been able to have a, a hearing until at least after Silverstone, which is two races away. It would have probably been in the summer break. I, I guess that's yeah, when probably. they would have done it in the summer break before they're coming back to Spa. Well, it's like um, I can't what year it was the uh, Nicky Lauda and James Hunt. Uh, championship year like 76 I think so yeah when it was like was it yeah James Hunt got disqualified from a bunch of race or something it's like oh he didn't have the, those points and he did have them and it's like it was yeah it was to do with the width of the rear of the car yeah that was if it if I remember right Um and yeah the Ferrari and Lauda complained about this technical ruling to which they then disqualified James Hunt Um from a race result under scrutineering, but then it went to a hearing and then suddenly he got the points back. And it's just messes. Well, it's even like uh, 2009, the whole double diffuser thing. We were like yeah. five races into the season, maybe, going, this is great, except at any moment the FIA could just say, actually, we're taking all those points off you. It's like, yep, you don't want stuff like that hanging over you. Um, yeah, I'm just Definitely glad it's not. all over, honestly. And it won't yeah. be over. The media are going to keep this rumbling on until pretty much until the start of the race in until until the championship settled i think we will still hear tidbits about it throughout the year 
especially if it comes down to something stupid like a ridiculous small number of points between Hamilton and Vettel at the end of the year. Yeah. It's going to get brought up, the fact that Vettel ended up in front of him at Azerbaijan. It's, it's, oh, I just hope it doesn't come to that because that then will again, just yeah. tarnish the entire season and tarnish what was a good race. I did week. read, I can't, I can't remember who it was who I saw tweet it now not that long ago, said, whatever you think of the result, ultimately the only person that lost because of what Vettel did was Vettel. He would have won that race. That is true. He, that is true. By his own actions, he lost that race. What happened to Hamilton was by the by. That was unrelated. Yeah. But yeah. On another note, it's Sebastian Vettel's birthday as we record. Happy birthday, Seb. Happy birthday, Sebastian. What a nice birthday present for him. 30th birthday and he gets a ticking off from the FIA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's, it's been so funny following Twitter all day for that. It's either been posting about his birthday or the fake news that went round earlier that he'd been uh, disqualified from Azerbaijan yeah. and his result was voided and he'd been docked 12 points on top of that from some forged FIA document, <laughs> which was nice fake news to Ridiculous. start the day. Um, but yeah, in other news, um, Briatore is still trying to keep the idea of Fernando Alonso heading to Ferrari or Mercedes, Mercedes alive. Remember when he got banned from the sport? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet here he is. He's always popping up, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I I didn't even realise he was Alonso's manager or whatever he is. He until a lot of recently. drivers' manager. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise how involved he was until yeah. this season. I think he was a big part of Alonso getting away with all the shenanigans at McLaren back in the day Possibly. as well. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's just trying to keep his name in the picture, but... That's it. But it is, it is a shame when one of the, if not possibly the best driver on the grid at the minute, is stuck in a subpar It car. is, but at the that same time, can't see where he's going to go. And he's just been a victim of his own impatience because he he sort of left Ferrari at the point where he could have now been in a championship contending car. Yeah, totally. If he'd have if he'd have stuck with it. And for argument's sake, if Honda starts to come good, if he does walk from Honda at the end of this season and try and get in another seat He's potentially walking away from something else. Do you know that... what? Looking at his career, you wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise you, would it? He'd walk <laughs> away, and then they'd get their act together. Yeah, honestly, if if Alonso leaves McLaren Honda at the end of this year, I would genuinely put some money on him to do well next season because that just seems to be the, the tale of his life. It really is. So yeah, but yeah, Briatorist out there. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't see Ferrari <laughs> wanting him back, honestly. No, and I can't see Mercedes wanting him full stop. I don't think Mercedes will want to rock the boat. Well, no, it's I, it, not while not while Lewis is there. I don't you'd think. be yeah, you'd be a brave man to put those two in the same team. And I can't see Lewis shifting anywhere anytime soon. And I can't see Bottas leaving either. To be honest, I at this point I actually well we'll come on to Bottas a little bit later on actually, won't we? Will we? Yeah. Someone asked us a question about him. All right, yeah. (laughs) Getting way too far ahead of me. Um, Vijay Malia has told Ocon and Perez they can race but need to stop tripping over each other and think of the team result Mm -hmm. when they come head-to-head in encounters. Yeah. 
I think I think that's commendable of them. I don't yeah. think you'd say that if they were fighting for wins, but the, yeah, it's the thing is though they were fighting for a podium at the weekend. It's true. Well, it it yeah. could have been a win actually with that race. Yeah, there was there was potential on for that definitely, um, and it, it's commendable of them to say keep racing, but it does make you wonder at what point they will start. Yeah, because they are very quickly becoming one of those high-end midfield teams that yeah, can start so. to chase and pick up good points. So it will be interesting to see where they go with that and how strict they are with the just race guys. Yeah, you know. and I think I think he's smart of the drivers as well. Like Ocon has been really impressive this season, but I think yeah. his stock went down a bit after that race because it was. All yeah, he silly. he needs to bounce back from that. I think um, he looks. He's still, like he's still adamant he's going to get a podium this season, though. Yeah, he's still adamant. Which you know what? with that car at the minute and some of the situations going on around him, I wouldn't. I could agree me. with him. Yeah, I could agree with him totally. Um, an almost piece of sad news, in a way, if it was to come true, is that there's potential that we could lose the British GP. Um, basically, there's an escalation clause in the contract which means that it goes up by roughly 5% every year for the BRDC to host a Grand Prix and this year's race is basically going to cost them around £17 million to host um, and that's only going to rise even further between now and the contract's end in 2026 I believe, with a 17 year deal in 2009 so it's going to be around then that it ends and it just makes you wonder if the BRDC are considering breaking that, uh, get, using their breakout clause to say it, it's not financially viable for us. Um, are we going to lose the British Grand Prix from the calendar? And would Liberty Media consider reworking that contract? Because they seem very keen on keeping historical tracks, yeah. especially by bringing things like France back onto the calendar and trying to make sure Germany's back in the calendar. They want that hardcore European tradition yeah, on definitely. the calendar. So I'd hope that they'll jump on that and they'll try and sort something out with the BRDC that mm. ha- makes everyone happy. But it, it definitely seems like the BRDC are playing this as a kind of negotiating tool mm-hmm. almost. It puts Liberty Media in a really tricky position because if they say, okay, we'll drop your race fees by X amount, every other circuit on the calendar is going, well, we want that drop as well. Yeah. Um, if this was happening a few seasons down the line where they had a better... Because um, I think I read earlier, like most of the Liberty Media guys have never been to the British Grand Prix. They don't even know what it's like there. Like yeah. if, if it was a couple of years down the line, they had a feel for what tracks they wanted to keep and what they weren't so bothered about, they might do. Um, I mean, the thing in Silverstone's favour is there's not another location in Britain that can host a Grand Prix. I don't think so. Not anymore. I know we've had things like Donington and Brands Hatch in the yeah, past, but, but they they are not up to standard and they they wouldn't work as a modern-day F1 track. No. Well, them, when there was talk think. of Donington having it, it was subject to them spending a lot of money revamping it. Um, there's that circuit of Wales, but that seems to have just disappeared now. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I mean, the only viable thing would be like a street race somewhere, but I still don't believe that's going to happen anytime soon either. Well, yeah, the, there was the recent changes this year to the laws, um, some kind of law here in Britain that said street racing was 
permitted like an organized race on the streets of london would be permitted and there was a lot of things holding that back which is why things like formula e took place in the parks um yeah. So fingers crossed that brings Formula E back because I believe London's not on the calendar again this year, is it Formula E? Uh, no, it's not. So hopefully that means next season that will be back. And I don't know, maybe would would people consider an alter, alternating thing between a street race in the city and then Silverstone year either side? Maybe. Like, a little bit like the two German circuits used to do. Yes, yeah, not um, a bad idea. Because I don't think there's room on the calendar to do both. I don't think you could do no. Silverstone and the street race just because of how but that would the calendar's becoming. It would at least limit how often you have the impact of a street race and it would yeah. let Silverstone not have to spend quite as much money. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. See? I hope that everyone at the, um, the FIA... No, it's not even the FIA, is it? It's Liberty. Yeah. I hope they're all listening. <laughs> um... A little bird tells me that we are going to see F1 cars on streets in this country sooner rather than later in some capacity. Who's the bird here and what have they said? I I could not possibly tell you any more than that. At I least, want to know your connections, at, Chris. <laughs> at least not on mic anyway. <laughs> that is one for after the show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um... Shall I move on to the next piece of news yeah, then after that, after that tease has been dropped? <laughs> <laughs> um, both the McLarens are due to have the new spec engine that Alonso tested during Azerbaijan's practice come Austria this weekend. Yay. Thank God. Yes. Um, <laughs> not sure what they expect from it. They reckon they had a straight line uh, like speed boost. Yeah, it, 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 from memory, it was quite clear as well because there was a good, I don't know, it was, wasn't it nearly 20 kph difference between Alonso and um, Van Dorn in the speed trap? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I think there was quite a big jump and because they were saying, oh, no, it's only like 10 brake horsepower or something. There's, not, there's nothing much in it. It's just an update. But then... The speed trap told a completely different story. And it's like, that is not 10 BPH. Yeah. Uh, BHP. No, yeah. BHP, <laughs> not BPH. That is not 10 BHP difference, the the speed differential between the two. Yeah. Then again, it is quite a long straight. But It is. It's it's it, about the longest flat out section of the calendar. Yeah, it magnifies though, doesn't it? Obviously, the faster you are, the more power you need to break the resistance to achieve a higher speed yeah. as you get faster so yeah be be interesting to see the actual figures against them but that, yeah. that's as much as I can remember it'd be interesting to see how much of a difference it makes to them and I mean if it actually moves them up the grid or not and if it all stay yeah. in one piece as well it's alright yeah, adding more I... horsepower but if it breaks after 30 laps then yeah, the the good news though is obviously the results from Azerbaijan with the cars finishing. Yeah, there there is there is clearly some form of progress being made. Hmm. We hope, <laughs> other than cars dropping out in front of them, we hope there is more progress. Yeah, uh, so Austria will hopefully tell the full story. Uh, and on that note, we have a sort of a new section, kind of inspired a little bit by his asking for. 
people's opinions last week after the race, I decided to just reach out and say, does anyone want to ask us anything or give us something to talk about? Um, I'm going to call this section In Box, Box, Box. <laughs> but I haven't come up with a soundbite or anything yet. I, I I tried to get like an engineer saying Box, Box, Box with an in on the front, but and like kind of plastering in on it. I don't know. If someone's someone's magically amazing, make that happen for me. And I'll love you forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, over to Inbox, Box, Box. And we've had a few things. That I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guys from That's Life say, if Vettel was to get three more points on his license, he would obviously miss the British Grand Prix. If that actually happened at Austria... Who would you want to see take his seat at Ferrari and why? Interesting. For me, it, it'd be a toss-up between Giovinazzi and Leclerc. Well, but I think they're both too inexperienced in the F1 world to just Giovinazzi, jump into that car. Is he their third driver? Officially, yes, he's he a test, third driver. Test driver third, third driver, driver, test driver. He's officially not registered or competing in any... Okay. other series and he would ultimately I think be the obvious in inverted commas choice to do it um, he would although whether he would actually like you say get that spot given his inexperience is a different thing I think what we saw of him in Sauber earlier in the season yeah. would make you sort of question mark it was either very good or very bad it? wasn't it yeah, and um, that was it. It was there was moments of brilliance where you sort of thought, "Oh, this this kid might actually have it," but then it just silly mistakes in the wet underneath mm. that bridge in China. And I know it's a really specific and weird oddball scenario that bridge thing in China. But yeah, the things that you would hope somebody with championship caliber could. Then again, Vettel crashed into the back of Weber once, didn't he? There is and that, yeah. Hamilton drove into a gravel trap in China when he had a world championship on the cards yep. in his rookie year. So they've all done it. Very true. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not really sure who else would be in the frame, to be honest. They, they've not got... They have got other drivers in the youth driver programme. Um, weirdly, one of them's an Australian. I say weirdly just because oh, really? I'd expect kind of French and Italian drivers and stuff to be priority. Um Hence Giovinazzi and Leclerc. Hmm. But it's... I can't remember his name now. Um, but there is a couple of other drivers. But the problem is they're in they're in formulas far lower than GP2 and GP3. Um, I think one's doing like Formula 4 Italia and things like that. That might be the Australian guy. Um, so it's... You know, in terms of who's in the system at the minute, I think it'd end up being Giovinazzi. But I would prefer to see Leclerc just because of how awesome he's been in GP2 this season. I'd love to see him get behind the wheel of an F1 car and show us what he can do. Yeah, definitely. There's um, Fuoco as well, actually, isn't there? His teammate. He's in GP2 this year and he's yes, Ferrari endorsed. Um, just checked. Marcus Armstrong is the name of the Aussie I was talking yeah, about. I've not heard of him. And I really do apologise because he's a Kiwi, not an Aussie. Ooh, won't like that. I've just really upset some peoples from the Kiwis lands. Sorry, Kiwis peoples. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he I was right. He's an Italian Formula 4. Um, there's Alese, Junior Alese. <laughs> he's in GP3. 
um uh and there's the chinese guy whose name i'm not going to try and pronounce who's in european formula three oh and enzo fittipaldi i forgot about him as well italian formula four oh uh, yeah so yeah lots of options but again i think at, at short notice it would probably be Giovinazzi. yeah um would you want to go with Stu's opinion? Do you want to read Stu's opinion again? Yeah, Stu suggested Leclerc and Giovinazzi as well. Uh, and said, failing that I hear Luca Bedoro is on the market as well. Because <laughs> that went so well last time. I took a wrong moment to try and take a drink there. <laughs> Reading that out. Um, Dan from Ready Steady Cut said, Is Bottas definitely the number two driver now after the established Hamilton Vettel battle? The feud is on, he says. I I don't think so. I'm inclined to agree, and the reason being, just the way that there was the request from Hamilton of, guys, can we get Valtteri to back up and give some bad wake to Sebastian so I can catch yeah. him? And it was, sorry, mate, he's chasing second. It's not on. It's not happening. So they're still very much prioritising get the best result for Bottas, not make Bottas a gunner for Hamilton yeah, to definitely. improve Hamilton which is good I want, I, that's what you want yeah, me to too. see so. um, as, as Stu said um, he, he's only 28 points behind Hamilton so first season racing uh, mm-hmm. he reckons that after the summer break whoever's ahead will probably get the nod yeah when you start going away to the flyaways you'd, you'd then start really assessing the situation I would, of the championship I think I would you? say rather than after the summer break, whoever's ahead gets the nod as number one. I would say if Hamilton is ahead, he gets the nod as number one. If Bottas is ahead, they carry on racing. That is probably what would happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think at any stage this season, unless it's pretty much mathematically impossible. Like if you get one of those scenarios where I don't know Hamilton's fifty points behind and there's three races left. It's very unlikely to happen, and if Bottas is in a better position, then at that point they'll do everything they can for him. But yeah. I think it would take something like that for Bottas to become a number one. Yeah, I mean, twenty-eight points is not a lot. That only takes one or two bad results for Hamilton, and Bottas could well, well be it. right back in it, there. All it takes is a DNF, a DNF against a win, and you know you've closed that gap right now. Yeah, I think, I think Bottas will get another win this season for sure. Oh yeah, I. As long as like things are okay around him, I think yeah. he will win a couple more this year. Um, I think that in terms of wins now, it's probably between the two Mercedes and Vettel, and then we might get the odd appearance from Ricardo, Max, and Kimi. If, if, yeah. but I think all three of them at the minute need things to fall into place. I would say in them. that order as well of likelihood. Yeah. But I think, to be honest, I think other than his failures mechanically, Verstappen's looked as good as, if not maybe even better at times than Ricardo to, to get a win. Yeah, true. I th- I, th- I think that between the Red Bulls, they'll scoop up anything that's not going to the top three, as, yeah. as we'll call them. And then Kimmy's unfortunately behind them yeah. too. I think. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, so yeah, that's what we think about that one. Uh, and Craig Mitchell has asked, uh, do you think that Danny Kvyat will get another seat in a top team, i.e. McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes or Red Bull, 
or has he blown his chance by hitting everything in sight when he was last in a Red Bull? And then he just points out, I say McLaren with the hope they will eventually sort out <laughs> that engine. Um, I think that's a hard no, personally. <laughs> yeah, I think that, unfortunately, Toro Rosso is now the best he will get until... He, I think he would have to move out and try and like get in a factory Renault or something like yeah. try and steal Julian Palmer's seat before Sorokin gets it or something. I think that's the only way that he's got any chance of getting anywhere near the big guns. But I think um, the trouble there is as well, if anyone who goes shopping at Toro Rosso is always going to look at signs before they look at him. I would. Just given history. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... Yeah, I, I can't remember the stats of them two against each other before Danny jumped up to Red Bull, but yeah, they were pretty sh- they were pretty close, I think. I think memory. so, yeah. I know Sainz was felt pretty hard done by that he yeah. didn't get picked then. God, how different things could have been if they had gone for him instead. Mm. Could have had another Spanish world champion. We could de- we'll, Maybe. We definitely might not have Verstappen <laughs> in the Red Bull, that's for sure. Well, yeah, because it's... Yeah, imagine... Yeah, wow. Yeah, that is a really interesting thought. Or it would have been interesting to know what excuse they came up with to swap them around. <laughs> yeah, to to get rid of Sainz. Because in my humble opinion, so. I think everyone at Red Bull were uh, rubbing their hands with glee when he uh, crashed into the back of Vettel because it gave them the excuse they were after. Yeah. Personally. I think that, that probably didn't help his mentality going into weekends like that either and probably put the additional pressure on him that led oh, to yeah. those mistakes. Oh, he um, looked like a broken man after that Grand Prix. Yeah, He's not had a hugely great time of it since, has he? He's recovered a little bit this season. Yeah, he's definitely more... Once he went back to there. that Toro Rosso, he seemed very dejected and didn't have a good time of it for the rest of the year, for obvious reasons. Um, what did Stu think on that one? Stu said no as well. Um, <clears throat> also, because of too big a queue of young drivers out there, which is a fair point. There's a lot yeah. of uh, youngsters <clears throat> waiting to come up. Um, it does say the rumoured Chinese F1 team, in inverted commas, is going to happen. Uh, it might be a good shout as an experienced number one driver to get them off the ground. Mm. Uh, and he says, I actually rate Danny Kavir. I think he was a bit unlucky to get on the wrong side of a very powerful figure in uh, Mr. Vettel one too many times. He's probably a little bit better than Bruno Senna. Does that mean I have to push the button just for Stu? Maybe. Okay. That's quite a tricky one, actually. He's about on par. I think it's... From memory, Bruno Senna crashed into less. (laughs) Yeah. From memory. (laughs) I could be wrong on that. I'd say they're in a very similar ballpark there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe in years to come... It will become are they better than Danny Kvyat or <laughs> maybe someday, but while he's on the grid, it's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that wraps up in box box box. I'm I'm gonna get a jingle for that somehow. Yeah, it's, gr- it's a great a new feature. It. it is a great new feature. Um, and obviously, if you are interested in sending us things that you want our opinions on, you want answers to, um, maybe you just want to hear us debate something, be sure to send it us through Facebook. Twitter or the website which we'll give out later in the show and we will do what we've just done and do that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but moving on from that it is predictions time for the Austrian Grand Prix Um, so 
if you are quite new to the show, we run a little mini predictions league where Chris, I, and Stu will predict the pole sitter, the winner, the first retirement, the number of finishers, and the position of a random driver picked at random before the race weekend um, for the upcoming race. And we ask you to join in too. We have a few listeners who have joined in fairly regular, and they are also on the board, and they are all in with the chance of the prize for being the best listener predictor. Um, we've also decided recently that we, we want to give a prize to the first person that manages a clean sweep, because people have come close, sort of three three spot-on guesses. Some people have even scored three and a half points, and have, have we had a four? Did I ne- Did I nearly get a four one week? Or Possibly. I can't remember. I think we might have had a three and a half, maybe. Yeah, we've definitely come very close. So if anyone manages to ace the board with a pull, a win, the correct first retirement, the correct number of finishes, and the correct position of the random driver that week, you will win some kind of prize. We will decide what that prize is upon needing to provide it. <laughs> <laughs> we've not found one yet, but we will find one for you. So be sure to join in. Um. Do you want to take the hosting reins on this bit, Chris, so some yeah, people can stop listening sure. to me talk? <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll start off with um, pole position. Uh, last year, um, Lewis Hamilton took pole last year from Nico Rosberg. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing in sort of practice and qualifying last year was the new curbs breaking a few people's suspension. Yes. Um. So, yeah, do you want to go first or shall I? I will be... I can't remember what he did last year, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with Bottas for Paul. Last year, Bottas was eighth. Maybe not such a good choice, but Uh, I've said it now. He was a fair chunk ahead of Massa, though. Then I'm happier about that choice. I am... Who am I going to say for Paul? I'm going to say Hamilton, I think. It's boring, but I think I think he'll be on pole. It's as simple as that. Uh, Stu said the same thing. Yeah, Stu's already <laughs> sent his predictions into us, and he said the same thing. Uh, so I guess I'll go first for the win this time. I... Who am I going to go for for the win? It's an interesting track, because it's... It's quite high speed, generally speaking. It is. Been referred to as a Mickey Mouse track over the years. <laughs> love quite high speed, love sort of big stops with good traction needed out of the corners. I'm gonna go Hamilton double, I think, this week. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to join that ham club and Ooh, say dear. it will probably be a, a Hamilton win. But a Mercedes one two. Nice. I think that at some point Hamilton will somehow jump Bottas, maybe at the start or maybe in a pit stop or something. But nice. I think that overall Hamilton will get past him and it'll be a one two. Stu has also gone Hamilton. Uh first retirement. Last year <clears throat> that was uh Danny Kvyat. Mechanical issues on the second lap. Followed by Vettel, an accident. I don't remember that. I can't remember. Um, I remember Ferrari-wise, I remember Raikkonen and Alonso coming together, but was that maybe the year before when Alonso ended up right on top of 
Raikkonen. Mm. Like, nearly hit him in the head. Very reminiscent of Grosjean flying across Alonso in Spa. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Hamilton, uh, Vettel's um, right rear exploded. Then he hit the wall. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was along the pit straight, if I remember rightly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. was that. one of many uh, tyre failures he had last season. Yeah. So, that all that being said, first <laughs> retirement. Um... Oof, this is hard. I've heard rumours that Renault have done something to improve the reliability of the car going into this weekend, so I'm reluctant to say Palmer <laughs> um, for that reason. So I'm going to say... Oh, this makes a clean sweep so difficult, but Roman Grosjean. Ooh, interesting, okay. He's just not getting on with those brakes. He's not. Dems the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I going to go for? Hmm, I'm going to go for Kvyat, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go for Kvyat again. Uh, Interesting. And Stu's gone signed, so we've not got much faith in Toro Rosso this, this race. Yeah. Uh, number of finishers. Last year, we had... We had... 16 finishers. Again, so on the grid with more cars. Yeah, so that's six failures, isn't it? Six retirements. Yeah, so it's um, more like 14. Do you want to go first? Yeah. It's your turn. I'm going to go 15, I think, this time. Ah, that's what I was going to say. I'm also going to say 15. And Stu's on 16, so we're in a similar, similar ballpark again there. Yeah. Uh, and a random driver, which we've already picked because Stu needed to know in advance, uh, is Roman Grosjean, who you have already yeah. said is going to be the first retirement. So yeah, this is this is where it's really awkward because do I put him twentieth to attempt the clean sweep, mm-hmm. or do I hedge my bets and put him higher up in case he doesn't? It's what do you do in this situation, Chris? Well, last year he finished the race and he came seventh. <sighs> Which is a great result for Haas. Not as good as was it Australia where he said, This is like a win for <laughs> yeah. us. That that was the days when he was happy at Haas. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> How <laughs> soon that changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh is it me to go first or is it you? It's it's me. Um I'm gonna sacrifice the potential clean sweep <sighs> to hedge my bets and say eighth. Eighth, interesting. Because if the brakes don't break <laughs> or if they do break but not break see what I'm doing there yeah wordplay then he probably will finish quite high I think I'm I'm going to go ninth which I've just noticed actually is what Stu said as well but I'm going to stick to that we've had quite, quite a lot of overlap this week yeah it's because things are slightly more serious than <laughs> at the start of the year when I was guessing things like a Raikkonen win and a Bottas pull <laughs> and it was like no <laughs> things are serious now <laughs> So there we go, that's us. Um, yeah. But as always, you can let us know what you think. Uh, there's, a, there's a few people who send stuff in regularly, but we're always happy for new predictions from people. Um, as Tom said, we're going to do a prize for people who can get a clean sweep for the first time. So just because you're a little bit late to the season doesn't mean you can't get involved and win stuff. Plus, we've had a rough few weeks, so you'll probably catch us up in no time anyway. Yeah, people are catching us up, that is for sure. But where can they send us that stuff, Tom? 
Um, well, it depends on if they like to Twitter. If they like to Twitter, it's Back of the Grid F1. If they like to Facebook, just search for Back of the Grid or go slash Back of the Grid F1 on Facebook. Um, if they want to Instagram, we are Back of the Grid on Instagram. Or they can visit backofthegrid.com on the website and leave comments on articles and things that we've done. Are we just being quiet or are you there? <laughs> no, sorry, I was just raising something. Uh, reading something even. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel has um, released a statement if you'd like to hear that. Oh, that let's... Go on, let, you, let's do this breaking news as it breaking is as, news. We, as <clears throat> we do the podcast. Uh, so, Sebastian Vettel has said, Concerning the instance of Baku, I'd like to explain myself. During the restart lap, I got surprised by Lewis and ran into the back of his car. With hindsight, I don't believe he had any bad intentions. In the heat of the action, I then overreacted, and therefore I want to apologise to Lewis directly, as well to all of the people who were watching the race. I realised that I was not setting a good example. I had no intention at any time to put Lewis in danger, but I understand that I caused a dangerous situation. Therefore, I would like to apologise to the FIA. I accept and respect the decisions that were taken at today's meeting in Paris, as well as the penalty imposed by the stewards in Baku. I love this sport, and I am determined to represent it in a way that can be an example to future generations. Can we now just everyone put it to bed? Yes, Done. please. We will not talk about it any further. <laughs> line drawn. In fact, there is a line at the bottom of that statement. A horizontal rule yes. <laughs> has been drawn. Um, but back to our, our Twitter information. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for that breaking headline. It's fine. It it's fine. It was great breaking news. Don't Thanks. worry about it. Uh, if you'd like to find any of us personally on Twitter, I am TomKing89. Stu, when he's here, is Stu underscore PX, and Chris is TNM Chris. That's it, really, isn't it? That's that's your lot, yeah. <laughs> that is that is it. Um, if you'd like to join us next time out after the Austrian Grand Prix, we will be reviewing and analysing the events of the weekend, and at least one person in recent weeks has called our reviews brilliant, another said they liked it, and somebody else said it's on point. So be sure to tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Brian. <laughs> <laughs>